0: We are the Satellite Sisters. I'm Liz Dolan. I'm in the Wondery Studios in West Hollywood, California, on Sunset Boulevard, even. I'm an on-again, off-again corporate executive, a podcaster, and I live in Santa
1: Monica with my little dog, Hooper. You make it sound so dramatic, Liz. <laughs> hey, it's Julie Dolan here. I'm in my closet in Dallas, Texas. I've lived and worked and traveled a fair amount around the world. I'm a former university administrator. I am a podcaster, an empty nester, and an urban nana. <laughs> Our
0: sister, Leanne, is away today, so Julie and I decided
1: to devote most
0: of today's show to travel. We have some very good travel tips and travel
1: trends, right, Julie? Right. Well, travel, you know, Liz, is totally a state of mind. So we're going to look at some of the really exciting trends that you can just dream about. Okay. And then we're giving you our personal travel trip Mm -hmm. tips Mm -hmm. because we're both global travelers. We've been all over the place. We've learned a couple of things and we're going to pass that on to you.
0: And then I have a little tale of the fact that I'm being extorted. I want to tell you all about it. I thought I would... I thought I would share. But first, first, a reminder, during the month of August, we will be doing a special Ask Us Anything episode that will drop on August 14th. So thank you for all your questions. Uh, You can stop sending them in, but you can look forward to August 14th. Also during August, we are going to recirculate two other Ask Us Anything shows we have done. One is the event we did in Brooklyn in 2015, which was a live show where all of the sisters were there. And a lot of our brothers were there. We had nieces and nephews there. It was kind of a family thing. And we answer a lot of questions about what is the Satellite Sisters anyway. Then we did another Ask Us Anything episode in Santa Monica at the Santa Monica Library. Uh, two years ago. And so during August, you're going to get both of those shows in your feed again, too. So really, August, for especially because we have so many new listeners, you are going to be so caught up on who we are by the end of August that you're not going to be able to wait until September rolls around. Right, Jewel?
1: Right, or, or else you're going to be sick of us one way or the other. But we we do intend to have some kind of pop quiz come September, so yeah. you better listen carefully yeah. to all the answers about why we do the things we do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Liz, before we get to your tale of extortion, which seems pretty incredible, I just I, I know I, you know one of the first things we ever learned in radio was not to talk about the weather. But can I talk about the weather about how okay. hot it's? In, I know I look at the weather map it's just red everywhere Liz I mean it was this week we 108 109 in Dallas this weekend in fact yesterday a simple clogged sink that I had kitchen sink that I had it escalated into this giant plumbing conundrum requiring both a plumber and then i had to bring in a specialist the drain doctor okay mm-hmm. but it was the so doctor. hot and and the plumber and the drain doctor were going in and outside um, i thought i was going to lose the p- plumber so i at, literally started serving liquid iv now you know that's our powder <laughs> drink mix that has the hydration <laughs> multiplier you drink right. one glass of liquid iv it's the same as 3 i thought i, I really i thought somebody was going to faint in my kitchen so i am like passing out hydrating liquids to keep people alive wow so
0: how Um. handy that liquid iv is a sponsor of today's episode julie that (laughs) just works out perfectly i didn't even
1: know that but it's been (laughs) very hot all right i just wanted to make that point okay now let's get to you extortion
0: yeah so i'm being extorted i thought i would just let you know in case you start to see some weird behavior for me it's because apparently i have a lot to hide so on saturday i opened up my email and there was a message from, let's see, what was the name? Harley Taliani. We're not close, Harley and I. And uh, but anyway, here's the way Harley. No, you
1: don't. Uh, honestly, you don't know someone. No,
0: no, no. Harley... But oh, that's okay. the name on the on the message I got. And it was I have my main email box, and then I have a few alter egos, like alternate email boxes that I use for other professional purposes. And so this came up in one of my alternate boxes, shall we say. And here's what Harley wrote. The first sentence is, I am aware that blah, 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 blah is your password. And I just want to say that was all correct. So the first line of this message was... My actual freaking password. Okay. Because so,
1: normally, like, if you see a name, uh, an email yeah. from someone you don't know, would you even? you blow
0: it? right past it. Blow right
1: past it. Right. So, okay. Yeah. I have a lot to cover here.
0: So, Harley writes. Let's get right to the purpose. You do not know me, and you're most likely thinking, "Why are you getting this email?" I installed software on your web on your um laptop that records adult video clips, pornographic material. That you have been experiencing, and then in parentheses, you know what I mean. When you were watching video tips, I also uh, when you were watching video clips, I also turned on your camera with a keylogger that gave me access to your screen. So I have video of you watching pornography and the pornography itself. So mm. there you go. So I condensed that. He goes on. You get two different choices. Let's review these options in details. Uh, for very first choice is to dismiss this email. In this scenario, I send your own video to all of your contacts. So he sucked all of the contacts out of my laptop, and then just imagine regarding the humiliation you experience. Again, English is not perfect here, but it's threatening enough. Uh, not to mention, should you be in a committed relationship, exactly how it will affect? Question mark. Latter alternative would be you give me eight thousand dollars oh wow we will call it a donation consequently i will delete asap your video recording you can continue your way of life like this never occurred to you and you will not hear back from me again thanks harley and then oh then (laughs) this is the part like i it's it's it freaks you out to read stuff like this then he goes on you may make the payment by bitcoin If you do not know how to do this, here's a how to (laughs) buy Bitcoin. Oh, my God. That's the first time I actually laughed, Julie, because, yeah, all right, Bitcoin. You lost me there. Anyway, Harley. Nice try. I mean, you don't realize when you're talking to the Satellite Sisters, as we've said many times on the podcast, we seem to be the last people in America who do not have sex tapes of ourselves <laughs> circulating around on the Internet.
1: There I are don't no, know how that happened, but There it's are true. no
0: naked photos of me out there because none have ever been taken. We right. also, I mean, we delete pictures of skinny dippers from the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. So right. if you think I've been looking at pornography on my laptop, we clearly have never... <laughs> Never met. I, I don't even think we've ever said
1: that word on our, <laughs> no, <laughs> our podcast. No. List.
0: Julie and I had to discuss yesterday whether we would even say that word on the show. So it's, this is just one of those cases where I can say with 100 percent confidence that this is a scam. Pretty terrifying, though. And I think it's really clever the way they set up this intense threat and a very short timeline. Uh, so the, because this was, I had 24 hours to do it. So, Julie, when I told you about this, the first thing you told me was, Call the cops. Right.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's what Harley said about that. He anticipated that that might be your advice. So he said, should you be thinking of going to the cops? This email cannot be traced back to me. I have covered my moves. I'm also not looking to charge you much. I simply prefer to be compensated. And then blah, blah, blah. More about how to get Bitcoin. Anyway, so here's the, um, the in the good news, bad news story that this is. Two days after I got the original one that they were going to release all this video of me after one day, uh, I got a second one. But instead of this one being from Harley Taliani, this one was from someone named Catherine Maguire, Julie. Now, can you believe the exact same message somehow came from a nice Catholic girl named Catherine Maguire? Uh, She's also trying to teach me how to use Bitcoin, which I'm not going to learn, Catherine. Nope. And, but instead of Harley's 8,000, she's willing to destroy the videotape of me for only 2,300 bucks, (laughs) Jewel. Is she competing (laughs) against Harley? Do you think this is? But she also has my correct password. Now, let me say, this is an old password that I have not used in about three years. So I wasn't overly alarmed by that. But so here's what I did. Uh, Here's what you do when you're the victim of an internet scam. You know who knows the answer to what's happening to you? The no, Internet. You go to the Internet, Julie. You don't go to the cops because the Internet knows. So I go to the Internet and I type in like pornography, Internet scam. And guess what? They're... I would
1: not. I would not type that into <laughs> a search bar, Liz, because that's going to be there forever. OK, but carry on. Oh, that's
0: true. I better clear, <laughs> clear my search history. <laughs> my God. Okay. this guy, See, this is how they suck you into their world. I know. They I know. just suck you in. So I found a whole bunch of stories, including this one, that said, "Is the porn blackmail scam real?" And this is from March twelfth, twenty eighteen. Okay, so that's
1: current. Yeah. All right.
0: So I was a little bit. I I have to say, before I clicked on this, the fact that the website was called Techlicious, I thought. Is that like a little salacious? Should I go with something? Maybe I should just find, you know. You should
1: call the police, list. <laughs> the please. police don't care about
0: Internet scams, Julie. So anyway, um, here on this is the Porn Blackmail Scam Real. There's a whole story about it. It is a real scam for sure. And apparently it's increasingly widespread. And so they had a couple of examples, almost word for word, of the two letters that I got. And then they had some more examples where the threat you get is not that they have video of you uh, watching, um, let's just say, not safe for work material uh, right. on your laptop. Other, other threats are that they have video of you cheating on your partner. They have actual oh. live video of you. So whatever. Um, and, but this was originally when it came out. They didn't have the added power of the real password. So the editors added a note just two weeks ago that said a number of people have posted in the comments they received a version of the email that includes a real password they've used in the past. Does this mean they should be concerned? The answer is no and yes. No, you shouldn't be concerned that your computer was hacked and you were actually filmed watching porn. That's still a scam. But, yes, you should be concerned that your password has been leaked through a data breach. And then they had several links of where I could go to see where the password to this particular account had been leaked. And And did you do that or did you just call the police like (laughs) I told you to? The police
1: don't care. Julie, what you would. I know, but, Liz, (laughs) once again, you're going down a rabbit hole you're just believing this tech-licious uh, article that you've read just on the internet. Just clicking on things. Okay. Yeah. Maybe yeah. this is a scam, Liz. Okay. Well, maybe okay. this is part the, of the scam.
0: That's true. Oh. And well, and then there was another editor's note that was that was just two days ago that said, one reader reported receiving an attachment titled invoice with the porn scam email. If you get the attachment, do not open it. Well, come on, what do you take me for? But it's good advice. But yeah, there would be no way I would have done that. So then I go to the site that they recommend I go to see what breach would have compromised the password for this particular email account. And it was actually pretty easy. I could uh, just put in that email account and enter it in and five breaches came right up that would have involved that particular account which is and are again these
1: part of the Liz, Are these part of the uh, large breaches that we've been reading about in the news yes. you know but okay. some of
0: them were things i had never heard about um ticket fly like i know that's a service i don't think i've ever used it there's some other so four out of the five of them i didn't actually ever remember using but then the fifth one oh this <laughs> this you want to know who got me you want to <laughs> know what breach got me
1: It's sure Liz. And if you want to just tell people your password on the (laughs) podcast, too. Go right ahead, Liz.
0: Well, obviously, I'm no longer using this password. But the site that got breached, where they got my password, Uh was a site I have very mixed feelings about anyway. It was LinkedIn, Julie.
1: That's who got hacked.
0: That's how I got compromised. LinkedIn. Yes. So... So
1: then that's I could go. Site that, that's supposed to be like the professional Facebook. Uh-huh. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And I do use LinkedIn because my other podcast is a workplace advice show. Yes. I use LinkedIn a lot, mainly for things uh, for safe for work, and uh, because for me personally, I don't want a job and I don't want to get you a job. Okay. <laughs> so that's that's what I, that's what I don't do on LinkedIn anyway. So I went in and I changed my password there. And I should be in the clear for now, unless you are correct. And every additional thing I clicked on was also just part of an unbelievably elaborate scam. Right. So, right.
1: so that's where we are. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, well, I don't feel good about it, Liz. Uh, I, still th- I still think you should report it to someone other than the Internet. <laughs> OK. <laughs> and who would you some- report it to? I, I, I would call the police and say it's a scam. Okay, <laughs> I mean they're extorting money from you, you know. know, and maybe if you alert the police, it will assist other people, Liz. Okay, if I don't you know. don't get care but maybe you would care about other people. It's not and that I, I don't still, care.
0: I do care. That's why I'm mentioning it here. Because yes, no, I, do, I know
1: you do, Liz.
0: Because I I, this is
1: the new Nigerian prince, right? That's my yes, point. Yes, it is. It is, is similar to that, but it is it is terrible that they had a you know a password that you used at some point. Yes. And it's also that second letter really alarms me too because uh, the the name that they generated is not that far from names that you would know. So, right. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I'm putting it out
0: there because I suspect this thing seems to be gaining momentum. Um, right. In our show notes, I'll put a couple of the links. <laughs> you, you, no, to, do you don't have to click on them if you don't want to, but particularly the one about how, where you can check to see if your email account has been breached in some way. That yeah. one, that one was kind of useful. I also know that we have experts in the Satellite Sisterhood on right. this. Professor Mary? You have given us internet security advice in the past. We know you listen, Professor Mary. Would you do what Julie said? Would you call the cops? I'm I'm just not sure that they're going to show up at my door in 15 minutes and fix the internet. That's my that that's my thought on that. Anyway, if you have any thoughts about if you've actually been a victim of something like this, we would love to know about it, but also if you have any thoughts about steps people should take to correct it or um Or just let other people in their world know know that it's not real. Should it happen to them, that would. Can I ask
1: you? Can I ask you one last question? If you get yet another uh, email, what are you going to do? Delete it. Okay.
0: Yeah, just delete. I don't need to do any more investigation of this because I'm I'm satisfied that um, the internet giveth and the internet taketh away. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. However, Julie, can I just ask this? Say you get a video of me <laughs> that <laughs> seems to fit this description. I would ask you to A, assume that it's a fake, that somehow people, you know, all this artificial intelligence stuff, they're going to be able to create these in the future. So A, assume it's a fake. B, just could you let me know as soon as possible? <laughs> <laughs> OK, sister, I've got you. I've got your back, whether it's got clothing on it or not. Because I, I have 100 percent certainty it is fake. So uh, that's why I can put it out there. If I was concerned that this could by any stretch of the imagination be real, it would be hard to go to your friends and family and say, oh, and that's what right. they want. They want you to keep it a secret. Not here right. at Satellite Sisters. No secrets. We're going to we're going to stay noisy. So there you go. Okay, any other questions? Any other recommendations? No, other than my original one. <laughs> call, call the cops. Call, call the cops. Yes, please. Santa
1: Monica PD is going to come screeching up to my condo. And, okay, okay, and enough with the sarcasm. <laughs> just saying a crime is being committed. You need, you know, that's your civic yes. duty to report it. Okay, it's it's hereby reported.
0: Anyway, the, this is it. I reported it. Uh, okay, moving on. Coming up, we have our travel tips and these are personal tips that Julie and I have for how travel um, sort of travel hacks I guess you would call it in 2018 Julie right travel hacks we've right. learned over the years but also some trends in travel some of which we think are interesting
1: some not so much ridiculous but but, but they're good <laughs> things to think about Liz yeah
0: so we're back. Uh, thank you to those two sponsors. One quick note before we get into our travel tips. I wanted to mention the other podcast that I do, Safe for Work. Um, you know, we I have a new co-host there. I've really been having a lot of fun and
1: I want you to listen. Liz, can I tell you, I just listened to the most recent recent show when you were talking about office gossip. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that in some some cases it can be good for you. It was fascinating. I didn't totally agree with everything, but I loved listening to the show.
0: That's great. I'm glad you like it. Yeah, I'm really enjoying doing that. So you can subscribe to Safe for Work. But for those of you who are in the L.A. area, I want to let you know that on July 31st, Tuesday, so as we record this, that's a week from tonight, we are doing a live event uh, for a women's professional organization. So it's 5.30 to 7 p.m., at Boingo, you know, which is uh, um, an Internet service in Westwood here in Los Angeles. So if you want to show up for the live event, I mean, it's 20 bucks, I think, to get in. I'll put the information in the Satellite Sisters show notes, but also... On our Facebook group. So if you're around and you wanna turn up, it will be my co host, Rico Galliano, and I interviewing uh, two people. One is Patty McCord, who is very noted for having created uh, and written a book about the people culture at Netflix. She ran HR there for a long time. And then Dawn Callahan, who is the CMO at Boingo, uh, is also going to be interviewed. So anyway, come if you want. And if you, if you decide you can't make it or say you don't live in Los Angeles, we are going to run it as an actual episode of the show later in August. So that's safe for work. If you subscribe, you will get that in your feed. Okay. That sounds good. And so, you don't
1: even need a job to listen to the podcast. I think that's key, Liz. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> anyway, hey, Liz, well, you know, we said we were going to devote a big portion of this podcast to travel, you know, thinking about travel, traveling. Um, or if you can't travel, things you can do. Mm-hmm. So uh, I I wanted to share with you and with the listeners some of the biggest travel tra- trends of 2018. Okay. You know, this is you know what's happening in the travel world as you're sitting home alone, sweltering in the heat. You know, where could you possibly go in 2018, 2019, or in the future? Okay. And here's here's a couple trends. So the first one is the two-for-one destination. I don't know if you've ever done this, but what this is is cramming the most into your vacation. For example, let's say you have a week off, you want to go to New York City, so you go to New York, but you also take a side trip to Philly to see the Liberty Bell. You know, it's Uh not enough that you see all the sites in Manhattan and the five boroughs. You also want to cram a little extra vacation into that. So you look for destinations where you can do this doubling up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you do seems that? Like do you enjoy traveling that way? No, I know. I do not enjoy travel. <laughs> it seems like a lot of work. But if that's what you want to do, I say go for it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Second sec, second, trend that it doesn't seem new, but it's it seems like it's still powerful um, is multi-generational trips. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, I try hard to organize these multi-generational trips with my generations. But here's the thing, they don't always cooperate. They're hard to pin down. They don't want to commit. They don't know their schedule. So I think of like last summer, when we went to the family reunion in Ben, I always refer to that as our hell or high water trip. It was, I felt like no matter what, we were going to do this. And I just did not engage any person in my family that wasn't on board with it. Okay, I just did not respond to moans or groans or it was gonna be inconvenient. I felt this was so important. I think a lot of people do. And I know a lot of our Satellite Sisters, Satellite Sister listeners yes. are those kind of people that like to organize family reunions or to get their multi-generational group to go on a cruise or to rent mm-hmm. a beach house or a cabin or to go camp, camping. I say just do it and don't listen to the groaning and moaning.
0: (laughs) Don't listen to the millennials is what you're really saying. (laughs) Right. Do not listen
1: to any other generations. (laughs) Just do it. Because I think it's so important. If you don't do it, who's going to do it? And otherwise, they're not going to be connected to their family in a broader way. And I, and I just felt very strongly about yeah, that.
0: Yeah, okay. I mean, that, me... that, yeah, I agree with that. I think the family reunion we had last summer was great and people made a massive effort to get there and we had many generations. I would also say you can't do that every year. You know, no, that's you like a once every five year kind of deal in our family. And if you do it once every five years, then yeah, you can expect that people are gonna make their effort and come and have a great time.
1: Yeah, I was actually exhausted at the family reunion from getting everyone there <laughs> and had a splitting headache on Saturday morning. But I rebounded. Okay, okay. all right. Uh, <laughs> but no complaining. Okay, the next thing, and I think this is something you you might be interested in, Liz, because didn't you do that 23andMe thing? I or, did. Yes. Okay, so people are they're taking what are, what are called now 23andMe trips. These are people, they take the genetic testing, they find about, out about their roots, maybe they find some surprises in their, in their test results, and they want to connect with that part of it. So um, I don't know, Liz, you've been to, you know, our, our genetic background is mostly Irish and German. Did you feel a sense of connection or would you be interested in visiting Ireland or Germany to reconnect uh, with your genetic self? Yeah,
0: you know, reconnect with your genetic self doesn't sound that much fun. But the idea idea that you have some cultural connection to these places and maybe Mm -hmm. knowing that you really came from there, I think that that could be fun. And I've read about Bunches of people who found things in their, you know, in their 23andMe test that, well, oh, they're not really Italian at all. They're really German or they're not really, you know, you, there are some surprises in there. So I think especially for people like that, if you've grown up in a household where you were told you're 100 percent this and that's that. Well, what you're going to find out is that's probably not true, and there might be other parts of the world and other cultures that you have a connection to, and then it's a good reason to go there. Now, with my test, exactly the opposite happened, Julie. I don't know if I've even revealed this to you and, well, to the rest of the family, but apparently I got only the Irish DNA. I expected, you know, our mother is German and English, and they tell you, you know, people part of you always comes from other parts of the world. Nope. Nope, I was way more concentrated Celtic than I ever thought I really was. So, huh. that's, you know, so it's, that's one of the interesting things about taking those tests. So, but I would encourage people to, yeah, explore cultures that you think you have some, you know, long-term connection to. It's a great way to organize a trip
1: somewhere. I do, too. I think that's a good idea. Okay, how about this one? Uh, they're referring to it as a trend as travel 3.0 it's taking travel to the next level. People are really want things that are authentic. They want to be able to participate in their vacations. and But they want to do, it's almost, it's sort of extreme travel. But let me give you an example or an example they gave of travel 3.0. Have you heard about global scavenger hunts, Liz?
0: No, thank God. No. no. <laughs> Do I want to hear about this? well, this this?
1: isn't an annual event. It started in the early 2000s. So think of the show, The Amazing Race. Yeah. And that's what this is. It's a series of rallies around the world, you know, and that you can travel to up to 10 countries. And it sort of tests your travel IQ because in each country, you're given an assignment that you have to do and you have to figure it out and things like that. For example, this year's, uh, and they set out an itinerary for each year. So for the 2018, you missed the trip, but you can get prepared for 2019. The trip started in San Francisco, then went to Taiwan, then to India, Ethiopia, Zimbabwe, Zambia, Botswana, Namib- Namibia, to South Africa, Argentina, Uruguay, Peru, and then back to the US.
0: So that sounds super expensive. How can people <laughs>
1: afford to do that? I don't know, Liz. I think, but again, it's it. You have to think, but you can think big about travel. Okay, so uh, it's okay. not for me. Seems okay. like it doesn't seem relaxing, but <laughs> no, it for does people, not. <laughs> people who want to participate in something or just yeah. you know they love that show, the uh, the Amazing Race, and just would like to do something like that where they have. Much more authentic interaction when they visit these countries, right. rather than staying on the on the tourist routes.
0: No, I can so, understand that. I mean, I've done that when I've been to some more far flung places. For instance, when I went to Zambia in two thousand four, I went with a group called Friends of Zambia, and it was so it's a non governmental organization. So not only did we do some of the more touristy things like go to Victoria Falls, which is just spectacular. We also visited hospitals in Lusaka. We got way out to the more remote parts of the country where basically the people there are supported almost entirely by, by the U.N. food program. We really got a chance to understand the people, the culture, and the economy of the country. And I like that. Uh, yeah. You know, but it's I can do one country.
1: go. I would do the deep dive on one country. That's what I would do. Okay. I think that's good. But look, for people are looking for that in trips. Okay. And this is the fifth, fifth trend I wanted to mention. And that is what is now being called digital nomads. And these are as a profile, but it doesn't mean everyone, they're empty nesters or they're older, you know, older people, they sell everything and, you know, decide to take off. They don't have a set itinerary. And they travel around staying in Airbnbs, but they stay out on the road, Liz. They mm-hmm. are they are not they're not coming back. It's um, They're going out for extended periods of time with maybe a general idea itinerary, but they want to just sort of hop around uh, without making a lot of travel plans. And interestingly, the New York Times travel section this week profiled a couple that have been out on their ro- road for five years. They're in their 70s, and they've wow. been traveling together, and they tend to go to places where history is being made. So. They were in uh, Great Britain when the Brexit vote was taken, Uh, and then they moved on to somewhere else, you know. But their journey, you know, they talked about, they wrote about their journey, and the, uh, the wife said, Mrs. Campbell said that this journey has made her braver, she's happier with less, she has slowed down, she has appreciated the luxury of time, and she's much more tolerant and gracious as a person for being out on the road and traveling. Wow! So I, I mean, you I'm I intrigued that? with this, you know, I, I don't know that all of us can go out for extended periods of time, but I think now they call it digital nomads because obviously you can stay connected to people back home uh, through the internet and all of that. And so that that's pretty fun for people. And that's something, that's an interesting trend that I would anticipate more people would be interested in doing. As they're healthy, they can travel, it's easier to travel, and, uh, you know, if you can, you know, if you can afford it or stay on a budget, that's something to do. You know,
0: and these digital tools really do allow you to stay connected. I have friends who are driving through Alaska all summer for two months in their camper van. Now, they didn't give up their home, but they're away from their home for all these months, and I'm connected. You can, I can look them up through this Garmin tool that they have from their GPS, I can look up and see where they are at any point. And it's, so it's kind of fun for your friends and family to be able to travel to follow along online and see what crazy part of the world you're in.
1: All right. Well... So um, one final thing is top sites internationally for 2018. One of them does not surprise me. Croatia, beautiful mm-hmm. country. But people are going there, Liz, because, A, it was featured in the Star Wars movie and also in the Game of Thrones TV series. Oh,
0: uh-huh.
1: oh so can How you take that?
0: tours there where you go to the sites where they filmed? Is that the deal? Yes.
1: Yes, oh. that's the deal. That would be so kind people, of fun. To, well, OK, but that's what people do. All right. Here's a country <laughs> that I or Here's a spot that I don't understand. The Faroe Islands. You know where those are? Lynn? No. Where is that? They're way up. No, They're in the Nordic region. But OK, it looks bleak to me. I, I don't I don't see <laughs> it as a nice sight. I'm not really sure why it's so popular. If you've been to the Faroe Islands, please let us know because, okay. uh, <laughs> that That would be it, but anyway, hopefully that's an interesting list of travel trends that could get you thinking about and dreaming about an upcoming trip because remember travel is a state of mind it is but but Liz, it's also reality, and we have some our own personal travel tips mm-hmm. that we want to share with people today, mm-hmm. right? Yes, <laughs> from the sublime to the ridiculous, I would say
0: the the list Julie, you go first,
1: okay, okay. number one on my list is that you uh is first plane out. Okay, Liz, you have to go early in the morning. There's a, I think the physics of airports, you know, things, there's a cascading event, right? Yes. Things go bad quickly. And so you really need to get on the first plane out. Second thing I say is get through security. I No dawdling. I do not stop for a magazine, a book. No. no. I don't stop to get anything to eat. I think it's really important. and And as you travel around the world, I think it's very important that, you know, you can't be, you know, you can't be assured that these are secure places. Yes. Right. Third thing, Liz, is ticket redundancy. (laughs) I I always have I have my electronic ticket and I also have a paper ticket. I, I just, I I don't, I don't, I, my Me phone too. could fail. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Things could jam up. Yeah. I, I don't want, I don't trust that. Okay? Yeah.
0: Can I just say this? There are sections at LAX where I've been with people with the electronic tickets. The Wi-Fi is down, limited connectivity. They can't pull up their boarding pass. Just print out the paper as the, at the yeah. kiosk as you walk into the airport. I'm with you.
1: Okay. Two things that never, ever leave my person, even when I'm getting, when I'm on the plane, if I'm going to the bathroom on the plane, whatever cell phone and passport. I never put them away, Liz. I keep them on my person, Mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. Because I don't want anyone to take them. And number two, in the event of something serious, you told me that about the cell phone, right? Yeah, you know, after 9-11,
0: I mean, I travel so much as do you and spend so much time on airplanes. 9-11 and all those phone messages that you know people could make from the airplanes to talk to their loved ones, those became so important uh to the people left behind and i just thought you know what if you were in that situation if the airplane had been taken over or something terrible was happening you wouldn't be able to get up and get your phone out of the overhead or even out of the bag under your under your feet so having my phone with me on my person yeah that's why i do it it's a sad reason that you have to do it but that's why i do it okay
1: Next, shoes, not sandals for safety. <laughs> I see a lot of just egregious footwear when I'm going through um, airport terminals, Liz, uh-huh. that in, again, I I think you have to think of your safety first, or apparently I do. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, you want slip on shoes, obviously, because in case you have to take them off, mm-hmm. but you want things that you could move quickly in. So flip flops, they're not going to cut it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. okay. I, I, I shoes for safety there then i am a firm believer in um because well, I, I do travel enough uh i am a firm believer in tsa precheck i think it's an excellent system uh-huh. i love i love global entry okay yeah. that's something else you have to register for and pay for but i feel like you stand in one excruciating long uh, customs line coming back from somewhere you know, global entry looks good. Mm -hmm. And Liz, I've also signed up for Clear, uh, which is uh, a third redundant system. And I'll tell you why I (laughs) like it. You're just all
0: about redundancy. Okay. It
1: is. You have to, keeps you flexible. Okay. I used Clear when I was going through uh, Denver just a a little while ago. It's because now TSA PreCheck is so popular That in many cities, the security line for TSA pre check is as long as the other line. Mm -hmm. And Clear lets you bypass that, Liz, through by fingerprint or iris scan. You walk to the front of the line and then you you don't have to present an additional ID for boarding, just your boarding pass, and then you're able to go through the physical security.
0: So even if I have global entry, Clear. Oh, clear. That serves a totally different purpose. Totally okay. different purpose. All right. That's something okay. I haven't done yet. I've really okay. just been generally, since I left my job, trying to stay off planes of all kinds. And, okay. and that's really working out for me. But should I ever resume global travel?
1: Clear. No, but even for domestic travel, Liz. Oh, right. A lot, yes. sometimes TSA lines are not open, uh, pre-check lines are not open or they're not available. You know, they just have regular um, security. Okay. This that' look for clear it's in LAX. So uh, okay. those are my travel tips, Liz. And here are my
0: five top tips. And as I say, from the sublime to the ridiculous, let's start with the ridiculous. I buy short boots, one size too big for checkpoints.
1: <laughs> do you, the reason do you I do really? that,
0: yes, I do. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. Little short boots that you can slide and no, no zippers, no ties, no nothing things you can slide off on and off easily at a TSA checkpoint. Um, they're just more comfortable to operate in. And when you get to the other end, when your feet are all swollen up because you've been flying for 12 hours or whatever, your, your swollen feet fit nicely into those boots. One size too big. There you go. Genius, Liz. Mm -hmm. Genius. The second thing I do is I do not attempt split second connections. I decided long ago that it is not worth the stress to try to make connections that are too close. So if I have to spend an extra hour in an airport to get the next flight, so I don't have to spend five hours on my first flight worrying about whether or not I'm going to make the connection, for me, that's worth it. For many people, maybe not. But I decided that. Uh, The next one, it goes against many of the trends you mentioned earlier. I like to settle in in one place instead of constantly moving around. So like... Go to a city and stay there for six days, and then you can, like, sit in the cafes and watch the real people and do kind of real people things. Have a little hang time in a city. Why would I want to go to a city and do all of the things I would never even do in my own city? So when people go and all they do is rush from museum to museum, sometimes they think, have you ever been to a museum in the city that you live in? No. So... Like I think, I think you can do those things. Do a few of those things, of course, because you want to get to know the culture of the um of the country that you're in or the city that you're in. But mm, hang time, people, hang time. Ah, uh, number next one for me, number four is buy textiles. I know that people like to buy souvenirs. Mm-hmm. I've learned yes. the hard way. Buying textiles, so a really nice blanket from somewhere. Like I remember when I was in Thailand buying some beautiful Thai silk. It is a really nice uh, commemoration of the country you are in, plus, super easy to pack and not breakable, right? Right, right. Liz. So, yeah. People go and they buy giant things or things made out of pottery glass yeah, that's pottery. Tough.
1: Yes. I love pottery. It's tough to travel with.
0: (laughs) Yes. And the last thing I started doing 20 years ago is I buy one book about the country. And often I buy it in the language of that country. So, for instance, when we visited you in Moscow years ago Mm -hmm. when you were living in Russia, I bought a beautiful art book about all of the parks of Moscow. And uh-huh. and it's in Russian, and I don't care. Yeah. I you know I don't read Russian. I just but I, <laughs> I was going to be so impressed
1: if you said. <laughs> and then I learned. And then the I learned the language.
0: No, no, no. I so I have a collection of really nice books about the cities and the countries that I've been to. I try to pick things that are that have a lot of photographs that remind me of how beautiful the place was. It is just like and again flat, easy to pack, right? It's not you're, that book is
1: not going to break on the way home. So those right. are my tips. Liz, excellent. So if you make it through security, you're, you're, you're golden. Yep. <laughs> well, I get through security
0: fast because of the too big boots. That's, that's really okay. the key. That's, that's my number one tip I would pass along. Just get all your footwear a size too big. Uh, okay, we're going to come back, and then we have a very special Entertaining Sisters this week. Julie and I decided we would do only movies that have inspired us to go somewhere. You know, sometimes you see a movie and you think I have got to go to the Greek islands, Mamma Mia, or I've got to, you know, so we each have three movies that inspired us to go explore the city or the country where the movie was set. So uh, we're excited about that. We'll be right back after a couple of
1: notes from sponsors who support us. We're back. And now it's time for entertaining sisters. And let's just say you don't have any vacation time this summer. I know mm-hmm. you, maybe you still want to get away. Like you haven't made it's July, but you haven't made any vacation plans or, but we want, we wanted to put together a list of movies that have inspired travel. If for us that we watched these movies and we thought, Oh my gosh, I would love to go there. So maybe they will do the same thing for you. Mm-hmm. So even if you can't take a vacation, you certainly can watch these movies, don't you think, Liz? Yeah, I think you should lay on your
0: nectar mattress, sipping your liquid IV in your <laughs> miundies, with the
1: air conditioning
0: cranked up, and watch these movies in lieu okay. of a vacation.
1: So, okay, well, here's your first vacation spot, <laughs> and that is an I, a Greek island, Liz, because I went to see Mama Mia Two this uh, this, uh, this this weekend. weekend.
0: You and, and with- many others in the sisterhood.
1: I think like most of the world went to see it. It's It's Mama Mia. Here we go again is the official t- title of the movie. And three things. Three things you need to know about this movie, Liz. Number one, Lily James, and we of course we love her because she was in Downton Abbey, mm-hmm. and she is singing and dancing and as so cute as the um, as the young character in this movie. Andy Garcia making a surprise appearance in <laughs> in this movie. Spoiler alert. I don't, I don't know exactly how they worked him into the script, but he's always good to see on the screen. <laughs> and then finally, Cher. Unbelievable. Cher. Wow. Cher is there. Okay. And guess what? Cher can sing. And when Cher starts to sing, it is shocking because you've been listening to Pierce Bronson sing. Brosman, <laughs> Brosman. And then all of a sudden, Cher sings and you're like, oh my gosh, that woman can really sing. Mm-hmm, you know? It's mm-hmm. so... The movie is adorable. It's delightful. It does not lag. It just is entertaining from start to finish. You know, it is what we've always said. Don't overthink it. Don't ask any follow up questions. (laughs) Just go with it and you will be transported to a Greek island. Yes. Pilot. It looks good, Liz. You know, yeah. it looks like I would want to check into that little villa on top of the Greek Isles.
0: You know what? It's funny, Julie, because you mentioned in the previous segment that Croatia is a popular place to go. Yep. Somebody I know who saw that movie said she saw in the credits that it was actually filmed in Croatia.
1: Oh, OK. But right. again, well. we're for that. Yeah,
0: whatever. <laughs> OK. Mamma Mia too. Go see it and tell us about it in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group.
1: Well, I, maybe I have my facts wrong. I always thought that we, they were supposed to be in Greece. But They are supposed Croatia. to be in Greece. It's, okay. All right. It's movie magic, Julie. Okay.
0: All right. What I, do you have on your list, Liz? I could be totally wrong. Here's my list. The first one, The Last Emperor. And this is a 1987 British-Italian epic about the last emperor of China. And it is based on the actual autobiography of the guy who was the last emperor. But- Bernardo Bertolucci and this incredible cast uh, filmed the whole thing in the Forbidden City, Julie, and you forget that in 1987 you know, most people hadn't seen most of China. This was the first Western film that was authorized by the People's Republic of China to film in the Forbidden City. I did not know that. Oh, my God. And it's so gorgeous. It won nine Academy Awards, including Best Picture and Best Director. And I remember watching this movie, being so captivated, thinking, someday I must see the Forbidden City. And like three years later, I was in Hong Kong for a work thing, and I thought, this is my chance. I'm just going gonna, gonna to go right now because I really just wanted to see it that much based on the movie. So by myself, I went to Beijing for the weekend and went on a tour of the Forbidden City. And one detail that I loved is that one of the stars of the movie is Peter O'Toole. And if you buy the Acoustic Guide to walk you through the Forbidden City, guess who they had record the Acoustic Guide, Julie?
1: Peter O'Toole. Peter O'Toole
0: is just, just so great. Genius. Anyway, so I recommend The Last Emperor. Even if you think you're never going to get to China, it's unbelievably gorgeous. Next one is a super weird movie that I saw in 1988 called Apartment Zero. I've and, never heard of that. Oh, my God. This is a weird movie. It is set in Buenos Aires. And oh. the, the film centers around the relationship between what they describe as two emotionally crippled roommates. One is a lonely sociopath. So take it from there, and the other one appears normal at first, but it soon soon's become apparent that he is hiding something. Okay, Uh so can I just mention that one of these two characters is Colin Firth, and the other one is what's that other actor's name? Oh my God, Um, Hart Bachner. Oh, yes. No, okay. I haven't seen this movie in a long time. I don't even remember the plot, to tell you the truth. Like this plot synopsis says the shocking climax of this twisted tale of deceit, perversion and murder reveals the darker side of the human psyche. Yeah, I don't really remember that part. All I remember is Buenos Aires looks so gorgeous and fascinating in this movie that I thought someday I'm going to get to Buenos Aires. And sure Uh enough, sure enough, I did. And then the last one I'm going to mention, which is right here in the old USA, it came out in 1985. 1985, I was living in New York City, and when I saw To Live and Die in L.A., it was a whole different side of Los Angeles than I had ever seen in the movies. You know, it wasn't that sort of Beverly Hills Los Angeles. It was just real, gritty Los Angeles directed by William Friedkin and uh, starring William Peterson. He's like a... Secret Service agent or something, and Willem Dafoe is the bad guy. He's a counterfeiter. This is a fantastic movie and sort of a a slice of Los Angeles that you would never otherwise see. So, those are my, so the Forbidden City, Buenos Aires, and Los Angeles. That's my list.
1: Okay, Liz. Well, here's my list. I want to start in India, which I haven't visited yet, but I really want to go. And the movie, one of the movies that inspires me to make that trip is, it was a small movie called The Lunchbox. It came out a couple of years ago, Liz. Yes, I loved that charming and it's a it's a story of a about a twist of fate, a love a love affair. I would highly recommend it um to visit it. And I just I think it celebrates Indian culture. Uh, I just made me want to go there. Mm-hmm. Um the second movie that I think was absolutely beautiful and again I was so you know I lo- I just loved it it was lost in translation. It oh really God, made yes. me want to visit Tokyo, Japan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I just thought it was um, uh, it's, you know, it's not a new movie, but it was one that just was so inspiring and made that city look so beautiful. And again, revealed, you know, sort of some beautiful moments of Japanese culture and American Americans over there sort of trying to figure it all out. So that's a great movie directed by Sofia Coppola, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Indeed. And starring Bill Murray and Scarlett Johansson. Is that exactly? Liz. Yeah. Uh Yes. Good backup on the credits there. I appreciate that. And then the third movie is sort of an unusual choice, but I have always found the middle East very interesting. And there's a, a relatively new movie out called Beirut, um, that stars, uh, John Hamm in it. Um, and this, to me, is sort of a watching. It was, a, you know, very bittersweet. Um, in that he plays this, um, he plays a embassy official. It's set in the 1970s, and something happens. I don't want to give away all the plot lines, but you follow his life. He goes back to, uh, he has to leave Beirut, and then he goes back to Beirut to uh, to help out. But. You know, it is both the fascination and the promise of the Middle East, but also the terrible tragedy of the Middle East because it has really been torn apart by so much, you know, division mm-hmm. and war. And uh, Beirut is one place in the world that I would always like to go visit and ha- haven't seen yet. But I would recommend that movie as okay. well. Okay. All right. So, yes, those mm-hmm. those are my three for the, the lunchbox, Lost in Translation, and Beirut. Okay. We'll
0: put all of these in the show notes, or you can go to SatelliteSisters.com. You know, we we do a blog post about every episode. And then in the Facebook group, let us know, like, what movies made you get up and go somewhere. So even if you, like, can't actually get on the plane with your two big boots and... (laughs) <laughs>
1: and, and get, get yourself and there. And your redundant ticket systems. <laughs> Do not forget that. So the whole month of August, actually,
0: because it's, it's already started in July, we would love you to continue to post your own best vacation photos in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. We oh, lo- I
1: love that, Liz, We'd love know, to see where
0: is, you're all going and who you're going with.
1: I mean, they're fantastic what people have posted so far, Liz. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm really enjoying their t- their trips beautiful state parks national parks european vacations uh, family vacations reunions it's all looking good to me it's
0: all looking good so join our satellite sisters facebook group and you can participate in that okay we got to wrap it up here joel what's the i know okay we end with um our to-do list for the week do you have anything that you must accomplish this week
1: Yeah. You know what I'm going to do? I am going to put out um, a nice little uh, cooler full of cold water and maybe some liquid IV packets (laughs) for letter carriers, UPS guy, Amazon delivery people. It's hot out there. Help those people. Okay. All
0: right. I have to go find my rugs. I don't know why I always do this with rugs. It seems like every time I decide, okay, I'm going to get motivated and like pull the rugs up, often during the summer, take my rugs yeah. up and go get them clean. Then I just forget about them. Like, you know, a month goes by and I realize, where where are those rugs? Yeah. What did I ever do with those? <laughs> so I had one of those moments this weekend where I thought, wait a minute, I dropped that off at the rug cleaning place. And he said he was going to email me with the estimate and he never did. Anyway, I got, I have to get to the bottom of where my rugs are. Seems like a simple thing, but I'm constantly losing track of, Big cleaning project. Okay, Liz.
1: All right. And you are going to call the police, too. I am not going to call the police. That is
0: certain. Sisterly advice (laughs) for you. There will be no calling of the police. Uh, but I will take any advice that comes in over the transom from listeners. How about that, Joel? Does that make you happy? We are going to wrap it up here now. We want to thank our engineer here. Wondry Sergio Enriquez is here in the booth. He takes good care of us. We want to thank our sponsors today. That's Liquid IV, MeUndies, ZipRecruiter, and Nectar. Uh, Anything else you need to mention today, Joel? Leon will be back next week, right? That's absolutely correct. Yep. Yep. Okay. We are the Satellite Sisters. Don't forget. Call your Satellite Sisters.